Welcome back, everybody, to Two Spot Monkeys Live. It is episode 65. I just said we are ready for AARP. Um, and there's some mornings that I feel that way. But uh, I'm Jim, and uh, as always, I'm joined by Tom. Tom, how are you doing this morning? Awesome. And I promise this week I'm not going to be mellow Tom. Um, I didn't think I was too mellow on last week's episode, despite um, Annette's uh, feedback. Uh, our friend Annette, who is a very... Uh, devoted listener I mean, and if, if that word devoted doesn't land well with you i apologize i do think you're a devoted listener and i appreciate your your um choosing to listen to jim and i ramble every single week and uh yes i, I definitely know my audio was different and i didn't realize it was jim until you called it out and i listened back on the podcast feed um i didn't i, I didn't have a problem with audio but i was trying to be quiet because we were recording late and i was in a hotel and i didn't want to like disturb people at midnight but today, and, today, no one's here except for me and my dog. So <laughs> loud and boisterous, Tom is headed your way. That's right. And I don't know if I'll be cranky, Jim, today or Dad. We'll find out. Um, I I know I was last week with a lot of, a lot of the things we were talking about made me cranky. And, and maybe cranky is not the right word for some of what we're going to talk about this you, week. You, but. you might be cranky today with one of our topics. I don't know. We'll see. Boy, I'm looking at him now and wondering. Um <laughs> Well, let's start with something that I don't think I'm cranky about, if I have the scores right. Uh, and that's our head-to-head update. Uh, we'd had Crown Jewel picks last week. And uh, though neither of us have seen the show, and uh, neither of us intend to go back and watch the show, um, actually, it sounds like from everything I've heard from a wrestling standpoint, um, it sounds like it was a reasonably enjoyable show um, and a pretty good show from everything I've read. So, uh, But just timing-wise, well, well, there's also, yes, the... Uh, uh, political end of that too. Um, and Tom and I both kind of, you know, I have our own feelings about Saudi Arabia and doing shows there and that sort of thing. Um, just the timing piece. And and we want to stay current on what we're watching and we're, we're both already behind this week. So to go back and watch a show that all in all didn't have major, major storyline movement. Um, yeah, not, not really worthy of it. My one question is this, and because this is the only match I really watched. Um, I, I tried to get into this last Saturday. Um, I, you definitely can tell you're old when you get to the weekend, and that's when you go to bed early, which I'm not proud about that. Um, I'm hoping that's not the case this weekend. There's a lot on deck. Um, but, yeah, I was falling asleep at, like, 9.30 last Saturday, and I was falling asleep during the Hell in a Cell match. But it felt like a long match, and I'm pretty sure it was a long match, even though I – Maybe dreamt that it was long because I was in and out of sleep. Uh, is there a con- is there a stipulation in Edge's contract that every match he wrestles has to be thirty five minutes or more? I, there could be, and I had that same thought, Tom, because I I did hear that that match went you know super long again. Um, at least his pay per view matches have to be. I guess he can occasionally have a SmackDown match that you know maybe only goes twenty, but um, yeah, I it, it's weird. It's weird. Like that's that's how I'd peg it too. So it, it almost has a little bit of the, 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 and I apologize because I have not seen much new Japan this year, really in the last six months at all. Um, but one of the critiques that I've read is because I have kept up on it. One of the critiques I've read is that it felt like for a while when they were only doing kind of five matches of the show, like every match had to go almost a half an hour. Um, and it, it just kind of got formulaic where everything was 20 to 35 minutes. Um, other than maybe a, you know, if you had a Toru Yano, you know, goofy match that went 14 seconds or whatever. Um, Edge's matches are kind of starting to feel that way. Like, oh, here's Edge. Settle in. 
pee before the match because you're not going to have a chance for a while. Right. Um, Especially and, if, it's, if it's not live, then you're good, right? But if it's live, you're like, nope, I'm stuck. I can't, can't go. Right. Can't go. So, yeah. Uh, but I heard it was good. Um, but anyways, on the picks front, uh, I went seven and two. Tom went six and three. Uh, I'm trying to remember. Uh, we both got the King of the Ring match wrong. Uh, we both had Finn and, and Xavier won. Um, I have to say, when they did the, the crowning the next night, of Xavier, I was expecting one of them to turn on each other between he and Kofi, and it didn't happen. So I don't know. Maybe it still will. Maybe it won't. But I was maybe it's just I've seen too much wrestling, um, and I've seen that happen too many times that I was like, oh yeah, somebody's gonna smack somebody with you know a scepter or something here. Um, but it didn't happen. Um, both got that one wrong. Yeah, we, we, so you got the women's king or queen crown. I got that wrong. I was right on Edge. Edge finally redeems himself for me. You got Rollins wrong, and then and um, we both got again King of the Ring men's wrong, and then it was the women's the SmackDown women's match. That's you know, you 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 were right to go with Becky. I uh, took the L by going with Sasha, which gave us our 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 difference. So uh, in summary, that brings us each to fifty one and thirteen. This is a much more competitive half season, which I'm grateful for. I, I hope that you're enjoying it as much. So as am I. <laughs> Uh, and and now with um, the next item on deck, uh, I, item. This is not. We're not shopping. Uh, the next event on deck, the um, Monkey a, Shopping Network, AEW Full Gear, which is going to be awesome. And um, and that I know you're. I know you're going to hear this. So please uh, uh, give me uh, apologies after the fact. Um, the Michigan Penn State game not is not nearly as sexy as it once was. So. Um, <laughs> I think that th that game now won't be an evening game. I could be wrong. Um, it is at Penn State, so they made the atmosphere is great. But I'm taking. I'm guessing Penn State's going to take their third loss of the year uh, against Ohio State this weekend. And so wherever Michigan is, and and, and we're getting ahead of the cart before a horse uh, because there's a big rivalry great game here in Michigan this weekend um, between the Wolverines and the Spartans. Um, I don't think the Michigan Penn State game, in my for me at least, will now compete with my ability or my desire to watch AEW Full Gear. So that's a plus. That's a plus for me. Well, and you, you, you might have to you, you, you. Wow. Okay, I don't know where I <laughs> you, you, you get the Come engine on. started here this morning. Uh -huh. It's not Tony D'Angelo. Uh, yeah, you, 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 you. Those guys, you know. <laughs> um, but. Uh, you might be the one who has to give us the live report kind of thing as we when we recap uh, full year. I'm just not sure. Um, a some things in our own family life uh, financially whether that's going to be the right call for me yet. Um, but also I have uh, that is right in the midst of probably you guys have heard me talk about that I have a trivia business. Uh, probably the busiest two week span I may have ever had in trivia, which is crazy. Um, I have a booking that evening. Uh, at eight o'clock. So I definitely won't be watching it live. I also have a booking on Sunday. Um, and then I do have Monday night off on the 15th, but then I'm booked Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday that week as well. So when do I think I will actually have time to watch full gear? Uh, it's not looking good. Um, so we'll see if I actually even get to see it, which I'll be bummed if I don't, because it'll, that would be the first AEW pay-per-view I've ever missed. Um, and it's starting to look like it's going to be a good show. So, um, I mean, they've never really had a clunker to me. They've, they've had certainly better shows than others, but 
AEW usually delivers on pay-per-view. So I'm a little bummed if I don't get to see that. But we'll see how it all plays out. Maybe maybe something will change and I'll be able to uh, take Monday off or something. I don't know. <laughs> but um, we'll see how that plays out. Anyways, head-to-head update. We are tied up. We got three shows to go this year. Full Gear, Survivor Series, and Final Battle. So. Wow. Uh, and what a diverse uh, final three, I think, with AEW and Ring of Honor. So absolutely, and and I have to say, and we're going to talk about this in just a little bit. Um, I think our picks for final battle have taken a major change this week um, because how we're going to view how that show plays out will be very different now. So, and we'll talk about that here momentarily. But before we get to Ring of Honor, and we're I would say the bulk of what we talked about today will probably be Rick of Honor. Uh, we did want to touch on Charlotte and Becky from SmackDown uh, last week. Uh, they had the the stupid belt swap segment. You, which, you, you called it. I, I, I didn't want it. And you know what? And in, 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 in what you saw play out on SmackDown, even though I love like the, the heat or the, 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 the drama, if you will, you didn't have to put yourself there, WWE. You don't have to book yourself into this corner. Piss well, people off. And my my thought was I, when they advertised that, I'm like, oh my God, they're actually advertising they're going to do this stupid thing. But then I thought, okay, the, they're going to advertise that they're going to do it, but then they're not actually going to do it. They're going to, there's going to be some sort of angle. There's going to be some sort of match. There's going to be some sort of something. So they're, what they're, what they're doing is they're going, oh, look, we're going to piss you off. And then we're not going to, we're going to do something creative. And you're going to end up loving that because, because it's not this. No matter what we do with this other thing, you're going to love it because it's not you know, the thing that we know you don't want. Nope, nope, they just did the thing that we, we didn't want, really. And, and then they they pivot, obviously, with Sasha coming out, so that then you start the new SmackDown women's title feud. But nope, as far as actually getting the Raw belt to Raw and the SmackDown belt to SmackDown, you just do the most uncreative, stupid thing you can do and have your two top women stand in the ring. And although it got heated and although there's some things to talk about here, literally just hand each other the titles with Sonya Deville standing there trying to be trying to make it seem like a big official, you know, thing. And, and God bless Sonya Deville for trying, um, you know, yeah. she was given chicken crap and tried to make chicken salad out of it. So I, <clears throat> I really like Deville in this role. Um, if she's going to go back to the ring more full time, which it seems like they're moving towards then then I think they need to get her out of the role because I never think that's a good thing. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, which is almost too bad, but I like her a lot in the ring too. So actually I'm happy to see her back in the ring, but I think she's been really good in this time that she's taken away from the ring after everything that happened with her personally. Um, I think she's been really good in this, this kind of authoritative role. So I, I thought she tried really hard. When you but, look at this segment, uh, it gives new meaning to the term dropping the belt. Yeah, absolutely. And so, so there it is, I, you know, the rumor is, or the rumor and reports are that Charlotte was not supposed to do that. Um, and she chose to do that on her own. Yeah. Um, and you could see, you could see the, like, I knew what happened because I read about it at, before I saw it. And, and I don't know if I would have perceived it the same way. I liked actually watching it more knowing, knowing what was going on because I was more in tune with the body language of the, of both Charlotte and Becky and, and Charlotte looked like queen B in the ring, like she wouldn't even make eye contact before the segment kind of got even rolling. So you could tell she was hot. And apparently she very much had, had been against this segment, knowing it was stupid. And I got to say, 
I'm on Charlotte's side there. And I think Becky probably felt the same way. I, I can't imagine Becky thought this was a good idea either. Um, but you're under contract. You're told to do something. That's what you do. You know, I mean, I get it. They had to do it. But I can definitely see, and I've seen conflicting reports on whether Becky was supposed to throw the belt um, to Charlotte or not. I kind of think she was because Charlotte caught it entirely. And it was such a quick move that if Charlotte wasn't expecting that, I don't, I don't know that she could have caught that belt. Um, so the fact that she caught it kind of makes me think she knew it was coming. Although it didn't look, you know, it wasn't like she was sitting there like, okay, throw the belt now or anything, you know, like I'm open. Um, so um, I, it, it, it was just weird. Like, yeah, the heat with it and the Charlotte is, there's a lot of reports that she's not happy and she kind of looks not happy at more than just, I'm trying to look like a heel. Like I'm, you know, whatever. She just looks like she's not happy with how she's being booked right now. And I, and I can't say I blame her. I mean, except that she's got a belt, so it's hard to, you know, you're the champ, but they've just done a really poor job with Charlotte. I feel like since she came back, they really haven't done a very good job with her, frankly. Um, well, and now, I think as things uh, move on, people like Charlotte, if they become disenfranchised with the WWE and the writing and the creative and whatever, we, all, we, we, we know this to be true. AEW is daily becoming a more and more viable option. And I would say in Charlotte's case, when your fiance is also there, uh, it makes it probably easier when your contract comes up to go, well, see ya. And, and therein lies the piece. From what I've heard, she signed for multiple years still. Um, so, unless they would release her and I can't see WWE releasing Charlotte. I just, even if she's ticked and she wants out and all of that, like they know what they've got in Charlotte. I, I just, yeah. Releasing Bray Wyatt's one thing. I, I certainly think he can be very creative and very successful elsewhere. I think releasing, you know, other guys, top guys, you know, I don't count Daniel Bryan and Adam Cole in that because their contracts expired. They didn't get released. WWE wanted them back. Um, if Charlotte was in that sort of situation, I'd be like, oh, she's AEW bound. Absolutely. She's out of here. But she's she's under contract. So it's not like she can go anywhere. Uh, and I don't think they're going to cut her. But, um, but could she try to make things so untenable that they decide to? I don't know. Uh, my guess is they just put her on the sideline and, you know, pair to stay home if they had to, but I don't know. It's just, I will say though, on the other hand, I am looking forward to Charlotte and Sasha because that's, that's always been good. And, and Sasha right now, Sasha's on another level right now. Like I just think she's clicking in the ring. Um, and she's always been really, really good in the ring. So I, you know, okay, give me some more of that. And we're probably going to see Charlotte and Becky at survivor series and Hey, play up the heat for now. I mean, go ahead and, let them, I mean, obviously they're not going to have a real fight, but, but let them lay it in. Um, let's, let's make that a really enjoyable match here come the end of the month or the whenever 21st, whatever it is. Um, I don't know. Let, let it happen. Um, let them have at each other. And then they're not going to see each other for a little while. Cause you know, they're on different brands and uh, they don't, they don't move over. So um, I don't know. It is what it is. It's, yeah. it, it's interesting. It's, to see it's play gonna be out. fun to yeah. It's gonna be fun to watch. That's for sure. Yeah, you, you have a heightened sense of interest because of the backstage 
uh, drama. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think it'll be be good to watch. It'll be good to see. So um, Charlotte and Becky, I don't know. It, it's interesting because I kind of want to see how they follow up on it, but yet they're not going to follow up on it because Becky's not going to be on SmackDown. So, you know, and, and Charlotte wasn't on Raw. So I do think they need to, um, what do I want to say? They need to continue to work on building the rest of the division. They have talented women. They have women that can go. Oscar again is on a milk carton somewhere. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know. I haven't heard that she's hurt. Maybe she is. But maybe I just haven't heard it. But I haven't heard she's hurt. Where in the world is Oscar? Um, where in the world are some of these folks who can help you and and book Rhea Ripley better for the love of everything that's holy? Um, why, why care for the talent you have? I mean, right. care, care is the wrong term, but right. Why book them well? You know, I mean, just. Goodness gracious. They've got talent. Use it. Use the talent. And I'm sorry, but when your best way to, to introduce Aaliyah is have her in a montage of people coming to Raw um, in the back, th that you can almost look at every single person they had in that montage. I don't know if you saw it, Tom. Um, I watched a little bit of Raw this week just because I was curious what the new talent were they going to do anything interesting and at least not, what i saw no not even close yet <laughs> it's, um, on, it's on the dvr but you know they had this kind of quick montage of like angel garza and humberto and and Aaliyah and i can't remember i'd have to go back and look a couple other folks and then they ended it with seamus um who was the only one who you're like well they might actually do something with him but everybody else you're like okay so they gave us a little quick intro promo but what are they gonna do with them like you bring Aaliyah up and you don't do anything right away. Yeah. Yeah. Don't tell me, show me. Right, show me, exactly. You know, you bring Zelina Vega back and have her lose for like six months straight, and then you make her queen crown. So, oh, okay. Um, I don't I don't understand what they're doing. So, let's move into the next topic, which is probably, again, the bulk of everything for this week, which is Ring of Honor going on hiatus. They announced this week uh, they are going to stop live shows, which not that they've been doing a ton of live shows anyways, but uh, stop producing new content uh, as of Final Battle. That is going to be Final Battle. is got a new meaning to it. And uh, they're going to go on hiatus until at least April of 2022. Uh, they say that they are planning to come back with Supercard of Honor in April. They, I have heard they have a venue booked already in Dallas. Um, so <clears throat> take that for what you will. But they're going on hiatus and no live shows, no new TV or anything after Final Battle until at least April of 2022. Um, I don't think it's any secret to anybody who's listening to this because, again, I think most of our listeners are friends of ours. Um, but, um, I don't think it's any secret to the listeners that Tom and I both have a long, long history with Ring of Honor. We've talked about that before. Tom literally was at the era of Honor Begins. Um, I wasn't I was a fan then and, and was paying attention to Ring of Honor, but didn't make my live show debut i guess for lack of a better word um until later but uh ring of honor has been a big part of our lives in the past in fact literally tom and i would probably not be friends or know each other if it wasn't for ring of honor and so this podcast wouldn't be happening and tom and i wouldn't be the close friends that we are in our real lives if it wasn't for ring of honor what was your initial response when you read this tom so i was surprised uh one thing i want to 
give give a, give a statement on uh, in opposition of what you said. I I read an interview, a part one interview with Joe Coff that uh, Mike Johnson did. It doesn't sound like there there's going to be new TV, and and but it won't be new. It won't be new content per se. But I think the the, the way I read the interview with Coff and it was just part one, was that they're going to continue their TV show, and because of their backlog, they're going to do creative things with that. But he didn't say that it was just going to all be rehash. So so I don't know that the TV won't be new. And again, new is, like, is it new repackaged, or is there going to be new content at all? I, again, if no one's under contract, which is that's what it sounds like is happening come January 1 or December 31, I don't know how you can have new content unless, you know, they spend time here. They're taping their final tapings, I think, in the next week or so, leading to final battle, um, unless you get more juice out of the orange there, uh, to use that analogy. Um, so anyhow, um, I just wanted to comment on that because I don't know what Ring of Honor TV will look like. You know, I think there's a couple of perceptions about what that may or may not be. Uh, so I, I just kind of took it and digested it as it was. I didn't see it as being the end of Ring of Honor. But then as I watched, and again, our friend group, which goes all over the planet, um, and the, the dialogue that continued to roll from that, you know, people do really think this is the end of Ring of Honor. Um, and, and Because they're, they're drawing the comparison to, to ECW. And uh, it's, it's different, but there are similarities. And... I think that I think the biggest thing is, you know, choosing to end contracts with talent. Um, maybe the biggest thing there because they are a Sinclair Broadcasting probably has operated at a zero net loss. I think I read, um, and, and if that's been able to be the case this entire time, kudos to them for a smart business model. Now, granted, they probably are in the place they are where they're not profiting because of some choices they've made, and that's why we're here too. Uh, um, but yeah, but it makes you wonder, okay, so if you take off the first quarter of 2022 to reimagine your product, um, and then come back with something amazing in, or something that you wish would be amazing in Dallas, um, you know, what is that? And I know that a couple of our, our friends, um, on the, the, the message board Facebook group that we're part of, you know, have given, you know, the idea that it's going to be like an East coast style PWG of sorts, um, I'm sorry, I think GCW already has that role and GCW is touring. So if they are going to be an East Coast PEWG, it doesn't make sense, in my opinion, to go, all right, let's go Supercard of Honor in, in Dallas. Like you're you're just you're hopefully hopping on the, the momentum of wrestling in that area around Mania Weekend, which isn't wrong of you to do, but like who are you? Right. So like if you're already making that declaration, but then you're saying we're gonna take the first quarter to figure ourselves out, it seems like there's competing like lines of thought there. So that's how it was for me. I, um, as I, as I continue to think through it and, 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 and rem remark on my feelings and kind of come to grips with my feelings, I don't know where I am or where I'll be at the end. If it is the end, um, I did strongly consider, um, con and contemplate wanting to make the trip to final battle. Um, because if that is the end of Ring of Honor as we know it, and which it, it sounds like it actually will be, I, I thought it was, you know, a little bit of poetic um, harmony, uh, for lack of a better term, for me to have been at day one and to be at the final day. And our, our good friend Greg H. is is hosting some folks, and he was going to be so gracious as to offer up tickets and, and accommodations. And I could have flown out of, out of um, 
where I live to Baltimore pretty inexpensively. Um, the logistics around all of that, though, and that weekend is my birthday weekend and to, to desire to be with my family and other things that I have going on. I just I just couldn't couldn't come to grips with with having that conversation with my wife to ask if that was you know something we could pull off. Um, and probably because I don't I, my love for Ring of Honor um, isn't I don't I don't love Ring of Honor anymore. I, I, I loved Ring of Honor before, but the, the Ring of Honor I loved um ceased to exist pretty much after, you know, May of 2011, May of 2012. Yeah. Um, I agree with a lot of what you said there, Tom. And, and yeah, I do. I, I, I probably worded that wrong. There will be new TV after final battle. Just, I, I don't know if it's going to be similar to what they did during the pandemic, you know, and kind of be best of shows or, or what they haven't, they haven't laid that out. I don't know that they've totally figured that out yet either. I think they just know that, they're going to do something. Um, yeah, the interesting thing is when this first broke, um, I, I last night was listening to Fightful.com's, uh, they have a, a weekly um, kind of just news roundup show called The List in Your Boy um, with Sean Ross Sapp and uh, usually the owner of Fightful, but and he was on this week, but um, they've had some other hosts with him as well. But um and this broke literally while they were recording the show on Wednesday. Um, and and so Sean Rossap said, you know, well, everybody's going to get paid for that first quarter. Of course, he didn't know at that point. It was just all kind of coming out. But his assumption was, because they had paid everybody through the pandemic and everything, that, oh, Sinclair will take care of it. Well, now we know that's not the case. Um, and the contracts are going to end. Um, although if people were signed past the end of this year, a lot of contracts apparently ended this year and they're just not being renewed. Um, but if, I have read that if contracts were extended you know, if somebody was signed beyond the end of this year, they'll be paid until March or April, it sounds like. Which could be then, you know, that relaunch time. Um, but it sounds like they're not going to be signing anybody to contracts moving forward. And so it'll be kind of a per show deal um, that anybody might have. Similar to, you know, I don't think GCW really has many, if, if they have anybody under contract, it's like Nick Gage or Alex Clone or somebody like that maybe. Um, but they don't, most of their stars most of their competitors um kind of come and go as they need to the other thing i wonder is what does this mean and and we just don't know and i'm sure they won't even tell us a final battle what does this mean for titles uh moving forward because if you don't have contracted talent now granted ring of honor didn't have contracted talent early on either um but it was a different landscape early on for ring of honor than the, than they currently live in right now you know do you want to have somebody uncontracted, which again, there are uncontracted, who's your ROH world champion who could sign with AEW tomorrow, who could sign with WWE tomorrow? Um, now that happened in Ring of Honor in the past, and they would quickly pivot to get the belt off of them and they'd work that out and, and they could do that again. But what do you do with that? Um, I, I, yeah, I just think it's going to be really interesting to see. Uh, as far as whether it's the end of Ring of Honor or not, I think you worded it very well, Tom. I think this is the end of Ring of Honor. It's a chapter break for sure, and a, a hard chapter break. Not a, not even a, you know, there's chapter breaks in the past. Gabe, you know, not being in, in control anymore was, was a pretty hard chapter break. And then, you know, Adam Pierce and, and others, I think there have been chapter breaks along the way. Obviously, the pandemic created kind of a chapter break. Um, however, all that being said, I think this 
this is probably the end of Ring of Honor as we knew it. Maybe it comes back in the form it used to have, which would be interesting in this day and age, because I think you're right. There are, between GCW and, and others like them um, and PWG, there are shows that are doing those kinds of things. Those are the shows that are getting buzz, though, too. So could Ring of Honor actually gain some buzz if they start doing that? If if Malachi Black can a- appear on a Ring of Honor show, if, um, you know, obviously if they can still keep the Banditos and the Alex Zanes and the Brody Kings appearing on their show, if Nick Gage can appear in Ring of Honor, if, you know, uh, there could be some interesting things that come out of it. I, I can say I, I too had the thought of um, trying to get to Baltimore uh, for final battle, but looking at, at my schedule around that weekend and, and my trivia business and, and other things and financially, it just it didn't didn't make sense um, for me to do that and and try and make that happen as much as I would have liked to. Um, although I was not at the first show, wanting to kind of be at the the final show for whatever this version of Ring of Honor is. Uh, I I can say that I've already got it on my calendar, and right now I'm not booked on Saturday night. So unless I get a booking Saturday night, which obviously I'd have to take, my intent is absolutely to watch Final Battle. Uh, live as it happens to at least be a part of it that way. Um, even if I won't be in Baltimore, I, I don't want to push that off to watch later. Um, I would. I, there's part of me that just wants to be a part of that as it happens. I'm glad also that this year it's live with fans. It's not taped um, like it was last year. Understand they had to do what they had to do last year. I'm not not knocking them for that at all. But um, so I'm glad that it actually will be live. It, you know, so it can be an experience together. I do hope if this is the end for Ring of Honor, it got to be fun if they could get a couple of, uh, you know, cameos from uh, Ring of Honor stars of the past, if nothing else, at Final Battle. Um, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. And it, it, it leads to a question. So I, due to a number of reasons, college football being one of them and my local Sinclair affiliate and, and how they air the episodes, I'm not as caught up on Ring of Honor as I'd like to be. Um, I, I think I've seen one out of the last three TV episodes. So I don't really have a good sense of where they were headed for final battle. I think we had a kind of a couple of opinions of like Bandito versus Gresham. It really seemed like they were doing LFI and Shane Taylor promotions, perhaps. Um, 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 the foundation and Violence Unlimited is coming out of last week's TV as well. If 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 you were asked and, and if they said, you know, what, we actually really want to honor the fans' voice as we wrap up you know, this year of final battle and final battle before our, our reimagining, would you rather them stick with the stories that are kind of in motion? Or would you just say, you know what, just go balls to the wall, just go out and put on the best darn card with the talent you have disregard all storylines ish, or maybe have some storyline merging there while having the, the, the best pro wrestling card, because again, Ring of Honor was the the innovator of of, of of what is the pro wrestling style that most of us enjoy today. Again, it's evolved over time and it's changed over time. But when you look at 2002 to 2007, eight, nine, you know that that style, that athletic pro wrestling, is really where a lot of people love and 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 and, and fall into like the romanticized period. So what would you so what would you do? What would you wish for? A little from column A, a little from column B. Um, because you've put the time into the story. So I don't know that I would want to totally stop those. And I don't I don't know that those stories lead to a bad card um, for final battle. Um, 
I definitely think Bandito Gresham would be where I would go for the world title. And I almost think you have to put the world title on Jonathan Gresham in the in the waning moments of Ring of Honor, if that's who your final champion was, at least in that. Um, and, and maybe, I don't know if Gresham is employed by Ring of Honor outside of being a talent. I know he's a trainer at the dojo. Um, so whether, whether his situation might be a little different, um, if he's a Sinclair employee rather than just an independent contractor, I don't know. Uh, so if that's the case, though, and the reason I'm saying that, if that's the case, that would also be a safe way, <clears throat> potentially, um, if you have a pretty good idea that Gresham's going to be around in April, if you if, if this relaunch happens the way that they've said. Um, and I, I don't mean to keep saying if, but I, I think it is that ECW thing. Oh, we'll be back, we'll be back, and then they never come back. Um, so there's a little bit of, you know, scar tissue from us uh, that followed that, uh, that are like, yeah, I've heard you're going to be back before, and then the other companies don't come back. I hope they come back. And if they come back with Supercard of Honor, I'm going to tell you right now, I will watch Supercard of Honor. If I can watch it live, I will watch it live. It will be a priority for me unless they just announced just a, you know, unless LSG versus the world famous CB is their main event. And then, yeah, I'm probably out. Um, nothing against those two guys. It just shouldn't be a main event at this point. But if they, Supercard of Honor is an interesting time for them to come back. And I know I'm pivoting off what you asked. And I will get back to that. Um, because if they want to do a GCW style reboot, um, or, or be in that vein or PWG, that's a great weekend to do it. If you're just going to grab anybody you can, because there are about 9 million wrestlers who are going to be in Dallas and you could put on a super card of honor, um, that could harken back to the days when super card of honor meant something. Um, because super card of honor used to be a crazy good show and used to be a show where they'd announce a match and you're like, Holy crap. I didn't think we'd get that. Um, they could do something like that with Supercard of Honor. Now, what do they do moving forward after that? That's a conversation we can have next spring uh, when we maybe have a little more of an idea of what's coming. But so it's an interesting time for them to say they want to come back because that affords them the ability to potentially put on a banger of a relaunch show. Uh, so kudos. And like I said, as long as they don't book it stu totally stupidly, you you'll have a, a Honor Club subscription for me for it. Uh, uh, don't get me wrong. I'm canceling after final battle because if you ain't giving me nothing new until April, I'm not giving you ten bucks a month. Well, uh, that's that's just it. Does Honor Club remain a thing on January one? My I guess is it does because they. This is going to sound bad, and I don't mean this against Ring of Honor or Sinclair or anybody, but it's the wrestling business, and they're going to milk every dollar out of anybody they can. I mean, they just released new Honor Pals. Now, granted, those were probably in production prior to this all happening, but their Honor Pals, their wrestling buddy things, are like sixty bucks a piece. Which I'm sorry, I'm no way too well, much. Just wait until they're discounted, like you know, fifty percent off or seventy percent off. Seventy percent off. If, if you really want one, if you really want right. One. I was gonna say I'm probably not buying wrestling buddies at this point in my life. Figures I mean, enough of an explanation to my wife. Here's the thing: I know your man cave. We've talked about it before. You got a couch. You're gonna have the Brody King one on this side, the Jay Lethal <laughs> one on this side, or the Jay and the Mark. I, I get you, Jim. Is there, you don't, is there a Bandito on her pal? I'd probably buy a Bandito one. Maybe probably. Uh, is. <clears throat> never became more true than it is now and and i gotta say i've seen already seen the bandito is signed for three shows in december uh with gcw i am excited to see what gcw books for him because brett lauderdale is is creative in his booking and and books matches where sometimes you even look at me you go i didn't even know i wanted to see that match until they just announced it wow i i kind of want to see that now um <clears throat> 
I, I what does Nick Gage versus Bandito look like? I just don't even know. Like my mind can't wrap itself around that, but I feel like we're probably going to get it. And I feel like I'm probably going to want to buy that show because I don't, you know, it's, it's one of those matches where you're just like, I don't know what's going to happen in that, but I, okay, let's see that happen. Um, I, you know, so, so to go back, I, I would, I don't think you abandon your stories because I think, I think that might almost feel too much like, oh yeah, this is the end. Um, and I think you, I think Ring of Honor needs to present as much of as this is not the end. It's a, it's a reboot. It's a pause. It's a see you later. It's a whatever. Um, and then I think you try to book something, but gosh, don't make it stupid. Can you book some sort of weird like angle at the end of the show that gives reason for why now you're gone? Chikara kind of did that when they did their shutdown. Um, you know, they booked an angle where everything was getting torn down, whatever. I don't know if I want to see a rehash of that, certainly. But I don't know. Can you do something where... It, it almost explains why you're gone for three months, you know, three or four months. I don't know. Maybe you can, but I, I, I think you. Spoiler alert: If it's Bandito versus Gresham, I'm picking Gresham to win the title because I just think that's a fitting period on this version of Ring of Honor for him to achieve what he try. What that long term story they've been telling with the foundation. Even if the foundation doesn't win everything, I, I don't want to see the foundation win every title of final, final battle. Let's not do that. But have Gresham win the world title. I'm good with that. Well, and it seems like there's cracks in the foundation. Uh, no pun there intended. Um, and that's that's the way it came out on that episode last week between violence and the foundation. And you know, violence was in their guys' corner on a regular basis. The foundation they weren't they weren't they weren't there to to watch their backs. So something is afoot there. Whether we see that materialize in the way it might have been originally intended or not will be something to keep our eyes towards as we approach final battle. One thing I am excited about, and I and, and I think that this was a good move on Ring of Honor's part, is you know everybody who is under contract and still is like you know does have probably first priority to Ring of Honor is now free to go and wrestle. Almost, I think I'm going to say almost anywhere. Uh, I don't I don't think we're going to see someone show up necessarily on a live AEW show. I could be. Could be. I would not be surprised knowing Tony Khan uh, and his, the magic he weaves. Uh, that being said, I would say I don't think a Ring of Honor talent will show up on AEW until early 2022, um, if if and whoever that might be. Which I think that leads us into maybe kind of the second half of this conversation. Um, you know, where, where 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 who lands and where and, and, and so um, have you had a chance to give this a lot of a lot of thought? I mean, a, a little bit. Okay. Um, do we just want to throw a name out and kind of have some conversation back and forth then on guys, or how do you want to do this, Tom? Um, I mean, I feel like we're going to have a lot of the same. So right. I don't know. Do, do you have five that you can just quickly reel off? I think I do. I think I have like my top five were, um, you know, guys I think really deserve a deserve better. Um, and and I am going to say guys, nothing against the women's talent. Um. I know they're going to find their spots, but I am going to focus on the, the male talent side of things. Um, so do, can I just run with my five? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Go for it. So, so to me, um, the, these are the five talents um, that I, that I really am eager to see what comes next for uh, Shane Taylor, number one, uh, Jay and Mark Briscoe, um, Brody King, uh, Bandito and Dragon Lee. Perfect. 
So I had most of those on my list um, as well. And uh, I, I have Jonathan Gresham. I think Gresham is, is uh, I don't want to say a top priority, but I think it's going to be very interesting to see where he lands. Um, I agree with you on, on all five of yours. I had Briscoe's, Bandito, STP, Brody King, and Dragon Lee um, all listed on mine as well. Um, and, and my justification for Gresham not being on that list, again, I think he's actually one of my favorite talents um, in the world right now. I love watching him wrestle. Um, so wherever he lands, I will be eager to watch him go. He's been the one kind of exception, in my opinion, to the rule where he's been on a lot of GCW shows. So right. I don't know what type of agreement he has with Ring of Honor. Clearly a different one than most because you weren't seeing Brody King or Shane Taylor or until now Bandito uh, available to be more freelance. So that's, that's, that's my rationale behind him not being on my top five. Gotcha. Um, I'll throw out some other names to um, Jay Lethal. Where, what, what, what happens with him? I guess. Yeah, I'm Let's, let's pause there for a second. Cause here's the thing. I think unfortunately that Jay Lethal has, um, is in the worst possible spot. And I think it's his loyalty to ring of honor that has done that to him. Maybe I'm maybe I'll be totally wrong, but I don't see Jay Lethal as being a top level talent that someone like an AEW is going to go after. Um, and and I, and that's not a knock on Jay Lethal. Uh, but I will also say, for the longest time, Jay Lethal was one of those talents where I was like, you know, eh, on. But then when he was in the ring, I was like, yeah, he's the man. So, yeah, and I agree. I I don't know unless he goes to Impact. I don't, yeah, I don't see WWE or AEW jumping at Jay Lethal. Uh, you know, a match or two on AEW, sure, I could see it, but um, long term, no, I don't. Um, and and I've got two more names, and and then maybe just a a, a grouping of folks. Um, Josh Woods. I think it'll be interesting to see what happens with Josh Woods. Um, I guess I'm going foundation heavy here. Although, is he in the foundation? Is he connected? I'm confused. They haven't fleshed that out after that one video. Yeah, uh, it's it's not been connected on TV by any means. Like last right. week would have been a great way for them to complete or or to add to that circle. It didn't happen. Yeah, and again, we've talked about the creative. Sometimes in Ring of Honor has been good at times, and then other times you're like, but what about that? Um, I think Vincent is an interesting one to wonder where Vincent might end up because his character work over the last two years has been outstanding. Um, he's not bad in the ring either. So I think Vincent is one. And then what happens with the international folks? And I think that's way up in the air because of COVID and travel restrictions and all of that. But the people who we never really got to fully see what could happen in Ring of Honor, Slex, uh, Session Moth Martina, Mark Haskins, um, Joe Hendry, eh, to some level. I've never been as big on Joe Hendry as some are. Um, and, and and you can add in some of the luchadors beyond Dragon Lee to that. Roosh, where does Roosh go? Um, now, obviously, Roosh has to heal up before we even get into that conversation. But, um, you know, does he continue to work in the U.S. somewhere? Um, Bestia del Ring, where are we going to see Bestia del Ring, Tom? No, okay, maybe not. Um, if I gave you the chance to wave one, you had one wish. Uh, so we're going to rub the lamp, but there's only one wish left. And your wish is to be one talent or, or talents, if they're a team, to land somewhere. What 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 do you ask the genie for? Full time or for a one time dream match? Are you asking? I'm going to say more in a full time capacity. More in a full time capacity. But 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 feel free to answer both because I think that's a really good slant. Um, the dream match. I'll be honest. The one that just pops straight into my head: Jonathan Gresham and Brian Danielson. 
I, I want to see that. I just think that would be awesome. Um, and, and I think it will happen somewhere, somewhere, somehow, whether it's in AEW, which seems potentially very likely, um, at least as a one-off, uh, or even New Japan, because I think both will end up getting some some time in New Japan as well. Uh, if I could have one, and, and just think of those kind of 10 talents or groupings of talents, I would go Dragon Lee in AEW. Okay. Mine um, is the mine is the Briscoes in AEW. Um, okay. And in in my in my reason for the Briscoes is the op- complete opposite of Jay Lethal. The Briscoes, their loyalty to Ring of Honor has been on, without um without uh, its equal. Uh, I think Jay Lethal will be the probably the close second, but Jay Lethal did dabble outside of Ring of Honor. The he had Briscoes, a year, couple years in impact. So yeah, yeah, the Briscoes never have. So like to me. And, and with what the tag scene is in AEW, my word, you could have the Briscoes have a three to five year run. Um, and that just makes that tag division that much sicker in the best term possible. I I wonder if, and I, I in the world we live in today, past comments that you, people have made have come back to haunt them. Um, and sometimes very rightfully so. Um, now, there are different levels of that. You know, certainly there are abuse allegations when you have things like, I'll just name it, but, you know, when there are allegations made against people like Marty Scurll or people like that who have kind of disappeared, or I guess he's working in Puerto Rico now or something. But, you know, everybody thought he was coming to AEW, then speaking out happened, those allegations got made. Obviously, any hope of that happening for him went out the door maybe forever, um, certainly has held true through now. Um, then you have other situations, the Sammy Guevara situation, where he obviously said something about Sasha Banks that was abhorrent and should have never been said, um, shouldn't have even been thought, frankly, but you know, we can't control thoughts, um, can't control speech either, but we can, you know, there are consequences. He didn't lose his job. He got suspended for a couple of months, month, two months, something like that. Um, you know, apparently had to take some, classes on how to uh, be a better person um, and not say things like that. He was young. He was dumb. He said something completely inappropriate and stupid and, and abhorrent. And I, you know, so I, I don't want to downplay what he said, but that has not led to his banishment um, in any way. Jay, especially maybe Mark, but Jay especially has had some tweets in the past that have gotten them in some hot water. In fact, lost them a chance at a WWE tryout of potentially contracts um, in the past uh, with some homophobic sorts of comments. That's my only question. Does that hold the Briscoes back? Um, and, it, and it could, especially in this day and age and, and where those things get, you know, broadcast loud and, and I don't want to say loud and proud. That sounds wrong. Um, and I don't mean his statements. I mean, the be when people bring up what people have said in yeah. the past. And pe- you know, people, what, good, bad, or otherwise, people look to unearth those things when individuals get new opportunities. Right. And again, if you don't if you don't put it out there, then you ne- it never comes back to haunt you. But you know, everyone has skeletons in their closet. Right, right. But he did. Um, and and let me be clear, I you know I, I don't agree with what Jay Briscoe said in that way in any way, shape, or form. Um, I I have serious issues with what he said. Um, so that's that's the thing I wonder with the Briscoes. Um, you know, obviously, I think they're going to 
continue to appear in GCW, uh, and that and that can be a good spot for them, but certainly not as financially lucrative as AEW would be. You wouldn't think. Um, I don't know what Brett Lauderdale pays, but I got to think it's less than Tony Khan. Uh, so uh, Dragon Lee, though, I think in AEW would be awesome, partially just because I think Dragon Lee is almost underutilized, even though he's had a belt almost the whole time he's been in Ring of Honor, I feel like. Um, I mean, the dude's just awesome. He's just awesome. Um, what about you? You said Briscoe's were yours uh, in AEW. Um, so I'm curious, um, what, Brody, Brody King, let's talk about him for a minute. Where does Brody King land? Where, where do you see Brody? That's a great question. I So GCW is opening kind of like an, an uh, a California affiliate. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm going to find that. Fight, I think. Something like that. I, I think that Brody King being being a staple there would be good. I do think there's there's more for him, and I believe he's pretty young. Uh, I don't know exactly how old he is. I know he's been a big, consistent piece of when PWG has been – you know, pre-pandemic and now post-pandemic, he's been a big staple of those of those events. Um, I think he's probably a dad and a husband. Um, so, you know, does he want to travel and be outside of the California kind of wheelhouse of, uh, uh, and, and add that to his life? With Ring of Honor, he's had to carve out, you know, five five days a month, maybe over the last, you know, year to come and do the, the closed studio shows or the, the live events. Yeah, I... Good question. You know, it would be awesome. New Japan. He's 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 almost like when you think of like the big guys like, uh, gosh, uh, Giant Tenzai. Gosh, Bernard. Um, why why am I forgetting his name? I want to call him Albert, but it's the Matt Bloom. Matt Matt Bloom. Matt, Matt Bloom. Um, I th- he's he fits right into that mold. He fits into the mold of kind of the Bruiser Brody, the Big Van Vader. Um, you know, J- Japan loves those guys, right? Jeff Cobb is kind of that now, but also not. Um, so, man, Brody King in New Japan would probably be amazing, um, especially if you get him, you know, to go in there with the Kojimas and the Nagatas uh, and Hanma and those other kind of older big veterans. We talked just last week about, you know, the the, the freshening up of how – New Japan could have that happen. I think their guys that are coming out of their dojo are, are still too, too, too new and too young to make an impact uh, like, like the evils of the world. Right. So Brody King brings a international talent and an, a new, an, an, a new face granted we're still in the pandemic. So the back and forth probably isn't happening like it was three years ago, four years ago and so forth. And, and back to my comment, if Brody King is a dad and a husband, does he want to go and do a, a six week tour and be away from his family for that long? Or, or does he have things that, that are, that are outside of, of pro wrestling that he's, that he's uh, uh, obligated to. Absolutely. I, I, Brody's also a guy that I could see WWE jumping over to try to go grab. Um, he's big, he's talented. They want bigger guys. Um, you know, I know they're not looking at a lot of, not looking at as much indie talent as they used to the, with the way they have now rebranded NXT and and the way that Vince wants developmental to go. But Brody King, with his size, um, is somebody that I could see WWE being, being very interested in if he's interested in going that direction. Um, in fact, I would say out of the folks that kind of we've talked about, if you want to talk about folks who might end up in WWE, I think him, 
Shane Taylor or Vincent would be the three most likely to go that way because of just character work size. You know, Shane's not as tall, obviously, as Brody King, but he's a big guy. Um, my fear with Shane would be that he wouldn't be used right in WWE. Well, okay, my fear with all of these guys, they wouldn't be used right in WWE. But, um, you know, I think Shane would be somebody's heavy and not be the featured. He'd be the background character. Um, and that isn't what Shane Taylor should be. Shane Taylor should be featured and pushed. Um, Shane Taylor should have been Ring of Honor World Champion. May never get that chance. Although, who knows? If they do reboot and relaunch in April, if Shane Taylor's still a part of whatever that looks like, um, maybe he will get that chance. But... I don't know. All I, all I can say is more to come on Ring of Honor. Uh, I, it, yeah, I don't have a lot of words. I'm bummed. I'm not. I, I'm shocked and I'm not at the same time, if that makes any sense. Like, yeah, it seems like something had to change. For sure. One one thing I'll just comment on that I think a, a boost that could happen um, is AAW out of Chicago. Uh -huh. I, think, I think them having access to Ring of Honor talent. Uh, if they're willing to pay for them in the past, they have, I would say the AEW as a product has been a little bit down in the return from the pandemic. Cause they weren't using a lot of the guys, you know, back in like 16, 17, 18, they were bringing in Pentagon jr. They were bringing in uh, Sammy Callahan, who's more of kind of a, a staple, but again, that was before Sammy was full-time in impact and a lot of other guys, you know, that were really well known, the Chris heroes of the world. Um, the list could go on and on guys that are now in AEW and in and, and NXT and WWE, you know, this could be like that high end talent infusion with names to create some really good matchups. I haven't been to AEW for a long time. Uh, they have a big event this weekend. The names are guys that are on the rise. However, I think a boost of, uh, a Vincent, uh, a Gresham, uh, a Matt Taven, a Brody King, the list could go on. A Shane Taylor could boost their profile. Absolutely. Um, I will say they seem to started featuring uh, Josh Alexander, who is on a meteoric rise. Um, and quick impact conversation um, or or comment. Uh, I, I saw some people comment that they hated uh, that Josh Alexander won the title at Bound for Glory and then immediately lost it to Moose after all of the build they've done for Alexander. And I'm not just saying this because I have Moose in our fantasy wrestling league and he got me a crap ton of points that night. Um, I actually like it because they've built Alexander now. And even with his family coming in the ring, I think it was actually brilliant booking because you booked Alexander as this guy who worked so hard, he worked so hard, he won it. And then it gets stolen from him, basically. And now the story is he chases Moose. He eventually is the guy who beats Moose, I think, for the title. And then you get the Josh Alexander run. So you're you're extending out that story and you're making people want it even more for Josh Alexander. I actually thought it was great booking. Um, and again, not just because Moose got me a bunch of points, although I like that too. Yeah. That story tells itself. Like you, you should now as a fan want to want to tune in, buy the product, buy the pay-per-views, subscribe to impact plus or whatever they have, because you want to now see Josh Alexander get back and get what is rightfully his. But right. What, am I, I, what do yeah. I know? I've only been watching wrestling since 86. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I, I think it was great booking and, uh, and I think it's going to tell a great story. And, and whenever Alexander wins it, maybe hopefully early next year, so I can get some title defenses in fantasy wrestling league out of Moose. Um, I think that'd be great. Let's do it in January impact. Um, that'd be fine. Well, let's talk AEW. Let's pivot off of ring of honor and, and that 
quick rabbit hole of impact um, and talk AEW. They've got two tournaments going on. We didn't think that TBS tournament was maybe going to kick off until they started uh, Ram, uh, excuse me, Dynamite on TBS in January. But uh, yeah, what do we know? They're just going to run them parallel to each other, apparently. Um, although the um, TBS tournament, I think, will extend out past full gear. There's no way they're getting that thing done by full gear, and, and nor should they. Uh, take your time. I did like uh, that the the TBS tournament is 12 women. I, I would have loved 16, but 12 works. Um, it's better than eight. And to give the top four contenders who aren't getting a title shot at full gear, the buys made sense. There's a reason each one of those ladies got a buy. So that makes sense. They didn't just kind of randomly assign them. I like that. You told a good story. Um, what do you think about the tournaments? As we've seen, the, the World Title Eliminator Tournament had its first three matches that we've seen. You and I haven't seen a Dynamite from this week yet. So uh, we're, we're not sure yet who wins the John Moxley 10 match. I think that was definitely a pick em. So uh, yeah, there might have yeah. been sarcasm in that. I don't know. <laughs> when we, uh, we, 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 I think we teased this out on last week's episode without, you know, um, like talking at all about the, the matches. We did say that, I believe, the guys that were in this were guys we might have been surprised by, like a 10 or like a powerhouse Hobbs, for example, or even a Dustin Rhodes. Uh, so again, we know the outcomes of the first three matches. Orange Cassidy defeated powerhouse Hobbs to advance. Dustin Rhodes fell to the American Dragon, Brian Danielson. Um, funny thing, did you recall here, Punk? I think it was on a, a, a ramp, uh, the Saturday Night Dynamite. He called Brian Danielson Daniel Bryan. Did you catch that by chance? I, la yeah. I laughed out loud. Um, and, and, and the worst part is, it's funny. We laugh when Punk does it. We skewer Jim Ross for doing what? it. And, 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 and it was like, Punk was tongue in cheek, and he actually and, and noted to, to Ross. He goes, "I messed up too," or something along those lines. He like, you know, and and, and and you know, and kudos. Here's the thing. One thing we haven't talked about and hasn't been scuttlebutt, at least that I'm aware of. No one's been been harping on Jim Ross because no one's needed to. He's actually gotten. I don't know what's happened, but he has not been. The things that he was being skewered for before have not been happening in my opinion maybe i'm just blind to it um maybe they are happening and i'm just not listening all of those things could be true but i, I think i think jim ross probably had a good talking to or he's like yeah i gotta come and be on my game um as a hall of fame announcer that he is uh and then uh eddie kingston defeated lance archer i thought that's how that match would end but it was a little scary because archer did the moonsault and kind of landed on the on the early top front crown of his head, which was, you know, you know, a little bit like, and then the finish was kind of Owen Hart, Steve Austin from SummerSlam 97 with the roll up because of the potential neck injury. Um, so Kingston, Daniel Bryan, uh, what? I'm not seeing punk Kingston, Brian Danielson uh, this week on rampage. So that's exciting. And then orange Cassidy versus the winner of Moxley and 10, which has happened by the time we recorded this, but we're not aware. Spoiler free. Um, again, it was kind of spoiled when we talked a few weeks back that the, the finals were noted on the on the infamous Tony Khan notepad of Moxley uh, Danielson, and it, that's, it, that's, it appears that's where we're headed no matter what. I was not a fan of how Orange Cassidy won. That was my least favorite match of the tournament so far. I really enjoyed uh, Daniel Bryan. Ah, Bryan Danielson, good grief. The American Dragon. Let's just – and that's what Punk said. Punk said, I'll just call him the American Dragon. Um I did really enjoy American Dragon, Dustin Rhodes. Uh, it made me actually think as I was watching that match and going, wow, he's had five matches in the AEW, and, I, and they've all been unique, and they've all been awesome. Yeah, 
No, hundred um, <clears> percent. <throat> and I'm really looking forward to Rampage. Um, I, I still have to get through Dynamite, but whenever I get to see Rampage, you know, in the middle of next week or whatever, at this rate, um, Brian Danielson versus Eddie Kingston is one of those matches where I'm like, wouldn't have pegged that as something I really thought about. But now I really want to see it, <laughs> um, you know, and and it probably has happened. Our crackpot research team, you know, um, hasn't looked that up, but um, it probably has happened in the past, but it hasn't happened certainly for a long time um, since since Brian was in WWE for so long. I'm looking forward to that match as well, maybe a little bit more than I'm looking forward to Brian Danielson versus John Moxley even. Uh, and they've had obviously some some singles matches, although not a lot. I did look that one up. I don't have it in front of me. I looked it up. Uh, a week ago or so, lots of tag matches with the Shield and things like that. But um, not a ton of one-on-one matches, but they have had some. Uh, but yeah, Brian Danielson, Eddie Kingston, I think is very interesting. Uh, John Moxley, Orange Cassidy is kind of interesting in just such hey, a clash of styles. You're, you're, you're presuming if we get 10 versus Orange Cassidy, Jim, I'm going to have you walk that back next week. I, I, and, I, and I will if we get that. Um, I think I'm pretty safe. Um I can't really see 10 or Orange Cassidy in the finals. I, I guess Orange Cassidy in a in a different world, maybe. But, yeah, not this one. Um, so on the TBS side, though, we've only had the one match so far. Uh, Ruby Soho defeated uh, Penelope Ford. Penelope Ford. I yeah. couldn't remember which. Yeah. That's right. The bunny takes on Red Velvet. That's why Velvet came and helped her. That's right. And, that's, uh, and, that, and that match... Or, I'm sorry, the match that comes after that is probably the the quarterfinal match that I'm most intrigued by because to go Statlander or Soho right now, like that's 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 a big match. Yeah. That's I a big, agree. Yeah. And, 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 and I know we talk about how wins and losses, you know, in AEW really are important and, and they are and they remain that. Like is so is this really goes you know the Statlander get, get get reshuffled back up or is is this still Soho elevating and, I, and you can go either way so and again I don't want to pull up the bracket because I don't want to be spoiled by things that we haven't seen yet but yeah outside of that match in the quarterfinal round if I looked at the bracket I think I I think my hunch was either Thunder Rosa Jade from the top against Ruby at the bottom. Yeah, that would that would make sense. Um, just looking, I have the bracket up, and it's it doesn't have any of the winners, thankfully. When I when I pulled it up here, um, so you have Ruby and Chris in the the quarterfinals. Um, the winner of Serena Deeb and Hikaru Shida, which happened on uh, Dynamite this past week, will take on Nyla Rose. Um, we've certainly seen Shida and Rose a number of times. I don't know that we've seen Deeb and Rose, um, but that's possible. Um, Jade Cargill gets either the Bunny or Red Velvet. I see that as an easy win for Jade either way. And then uh, Thunder gets either Anna Jay or Jamie Hayter, uh, which I would think would be Anna Jay into the quarterfinals, but we'll see. Um, but yeah, I think, I mean, playing this out, if we want a fantasy book, at Thunder Rosa and Jay Cargill in the the semis, Ruby probably knocks off Chris Statlander. And I wouldn't be shocked if Sheeta or Deeb knocked off Nyla Rose as well. If, if both of those women who got buys on the bottom half of the bracket, um, got knocked out in their first round match, their first round match, second round of the tournament. I wouldn't be shocked. Um, but I agree. Uh, Ruby versus, I, I think this is the Jade Cargill belt, belt to win, but that's, you and I both kind of felt that way early on. So I, I'm a little surprised actually the way the bracket got laid out that it isn't Jade Cargill and Thunder Rosa in the finals, but they'll be in the semis potentially. So if things go. 
So tournament, tournament, tournament. Like I love some tournaments. So we will see. Um, my picks right now are Brian Danielson and Jade Cargill to win the two tournaments. So is that is that yours as well, Tom? It, it is. Yeah, yeah. For Jade to not win the TBS, she's gonna have to. I don't think. I don't think she has a pinfall loss. It's gonna be like a DQ for her to not be in the final or to not win. Uh, if she doesn't get the final, she's losing by DQ. Uh, maybe to, to Rosa. And I think Rosa Rosa Soho is probably my one my one A. So if it, if it's Soho Jade one, then it's Thunder Rosa Ruby one A. Yeah, that makes sense to me too. Um, honestly, out of the bottom, it's Ruby. Like I don't I don't see anybody else coming out of there. But they could surprise us, and they have before with tournaments. So we'll see. Uh, kind of wanted to wrap it up with. Uh, some quick Halloween conversations since Halloween is this weekend. Uh, you and I have not, neither of us have finished Halloween Havoc from this past week. So we're going to forego NXT talk until maybe next week. Uh, at least when we've both seen Halloween Havoc, we maybe not have seen next week's episode by the time we record next week, but maybe we'll at least finished off Halloween Havoc. Uh, but Halloween Havoc, historically a WCW pay-per-view. Um, any favorite moments you just remember from Halloween Havoc's Tom or? Yeah, so kind of I'll, two two things for me really come to mind right away when I think of Halloween Havoc. Number one is is the good uh, or the great, and that's Eddie Guerrero versus Rey Mysterio from Las Vegas in '97. Um, did not have the chance to watch that pay per view live, but when I did get access to that show, that match is simply amazing, and it remains amazing. Uh, two world class talents. Uh, you know, Ray is a lucha libre innovator. Eddie Guerrero is a pro wrestling innovator. And they just had magic in that match and in that atmosphere. So that's all time. Uh, again, lists are always ever changing, but you know, one of the most favorite matches I've ever had the opportunity to watch. And and, and maybe today when I'm working, I'll throw that on in the background if I can find Havoc '97 on Peacock. Just to relive. Um, the other thing, and it's not like a great story, but it's a fun story. I think um, I used to on the regular. We had like two video stores in in the city where I grew up. Um, before Blockbuster became a thing. And it, almost without fail, every weekend, uh, my family would rent videos, uh, is more specifically like in the winter season, late fall, winter, all the way. So so like October through you know April, weekly or bi-weekly, we would be running to the video store. My parents would rent movies and on VHS. Of course, I would rent wrestling. Um, gosh, I don't even remember how much they cost, but they clearly weren't that expensive with inflation. Now I'm sure it'd be like, you know, six bucks a, a tape for one night. Anyway, I remember renting Halloween Havoc with the uh, with the cage and the Abdullah the Butcher fried in the chair. And I, it, so Chamber of Horrors. Yeah, Chamber of Horrors. Thank you. Um, I, I was first exposed to that match and what went down by Pro Wrestling Illustrated. And I was like, this is crazy. Like the photos, like, and then you watch the match and you're like, oh, that's it. So um, again, Chamber of Snores, maybe more so than Chamber, Chamber <laughs> of Horrors. Uh, and, and clearly PWI uh, did more justice for me and my desire for that match. And then the reality didn't, didn't live up to the, to the hype the pictures gave. It's a spectacle, nonetheless. Uh, but there is a lot of a lot to take the task in that match. Uh, oh, yeah. All of the goofiness involved. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that that's one of my 
fondest memories is the wrong word for all the reasons you just said. Um, but yeah, one that sticks out. Um, the the other one that sticks out for whatever reason for me is the Halloween Phantom. And uh, I want to say the early 90s, you know, they were going to debut the Halloween Phantom at Halloween Havoc. And it was the worst mask ever that didn't mask who Rick Rude was, even in the slightest, with his porn star mustache sticking out of the mask. I mean, it was so blatantly obvious. And then he used the Rude Awakening as his finishing move. I mean, just blatantly obvious who the guy was. Um, don't get me wrong, Rick Rude was awesome. So that was cool um, to see him. But it was just kind of one of those, like, really? This is this is how we're going to do this. Okay. Um, really? Uh, so that, that sticks out. Um, I watched Halloween Havoc 89, which was the very first Halloween Havoc uh, over the last couple of weeks, uh, you know, a match here and there at a time. Uh, I had forgotten that, A, Halloween Havoc, the first one in 89, was the first time we saw Doom uh, in the ring, which was pretty cool uh, to see Butch Reed and Ron Simmons under the hoods uh, as they were Doom then. And then uh, it was also the Road Warriors versus the Skyscrapers, which, again, is one of those matches where you're just like, I'm, I'm sure I knew that happened, and I watched, I'm pretty sure I watched Halloween Havoc 89 live as that happened. Um, and it was on, like, a Wednesday or something, if I remember right, from what they were saying, which is crazy, because, like, they don't do pay-per-views on, like, Mondays and Wednesdays and things like that now. But, um, like, that just is awesome. I, I, I am a huge Road Warriors fan, so loved seeing them. I've always been a big Sid fan. We've talked about that on this podcast. Like he's a guilty pleasure of mine. And, and Dan Spivey, I think, is a, a super talented guy who just from a single side, it just never clicked, I guess, or never, never fell into place for him, really. Uh, so to see that match, I thought was pretty fun, too. And uh, they also that was the Thunder. The main event was the Thunderdome Sting and Ric Flair versus Terry Funk and Great Muda. I mean, come on, like those four guys in the ring together. Yeah, that, how can that not be good? Um, so, yeah, just fun, fun memories. Halloween Havoc has always been. Uh, Eric Bischoff felt like Halloween Havoc was actually their biggest show of the year um, once he really got under in control in kind of the mid-90s. Um, he's talked about that on his podcast, which is interesting when you look back at some of the the shows that he was, you know, in the NWO days and that when he was in control of things. So it'd be interesting to see. And, and then when you think about Starcade, like is is, right. is is he just like trying to dig at Dusty Rhodes' legacy, or or or, or and, and that's probably the wrong statement to make because I'm sure that's not the case. But like Starcade was always considered the WrestleMania of WCW. So for Bischoff to go, no, Havoc was up there, or was that was it, that was the pinnacle? It's just a really opi- unique opinion. It is absolutely. Uh, last question, Tom, as we wrap things up here, and I, we may have talked about this last year when we, you know, because we've done this now for over a year, uh, but we may have talked about this last year, but have you, did you ever dress up as a pro wrestling character for Halloween? Sadly, no, I, I wish. And actually, I, I, my wife and I are doing a really, um, I'm going to call it lame, but I mean that in the kindest way possible, just because we, really <laughs> we, we really ran out of time for, for trying to come up with a creative costume or each dress up individually this year. So we're doing something um, just pretty basic. I, I was looking at a Randy Savage costume online, um, but it was like 60 bucks for the whole caboodle. Um, but never before, never before. And who knows if ever again, will I be able to be a wrestler? I, you know, I, I, I look at, um, is it Ryan Barkin with pro wrestling tees? He's done a really great job of, of and he's got the, the means of course, to, to have some really amazing costumes over 
over the years. I think t- today will be like the ninth uh, consecutive year where he's dressed up and, you know, he did, he looked like Rick Wagner, Razor Ramon, if you ask me, uh, almost a spitting image among other things. So uh, yeah, I'd love to have a, the creativity and B like the resources to have a great costume. Um, it's never happened. You? I, I was, I was the ultimate warrior. Uh, in, I was probably 10 or 11, somewhere please, in that. Please ball. tell me you have a photo of that somewhere. There probably is. I don't have one here to be able to share today, but uh, if I come across one, I'll I'll be sure to share it and password protect it so that you can't put it on Facebook. No, but, you got to put that on the Twitter, man. You got to. <laughs> well, well, if there yeah, was I, ever a reason for us to start a Patreon, that's, that's <laughs> there it. There you go. Join the Patreon to see Jim as the Ultimate Warrior. So my mom um, actually got like a uh, a sewing pattern to make a a muscle suit, basically. So I had pants and and a top that were filled with like that i don't know kind of cobwebby cotton you know stuff um and so i had these big muscles um and then i i wore like a crazy pair of shorts i didn't have trunks i had shorts um just because my mom wasn't gonna go out my trunks for one you know one night of trick-or-treating um but i had a pair, pair of crazy like I don't know, Zuba shorts or something like that on. And then she painted my face, you know, like the warrior and, and on the suit, we had the arm tassels and um, I probably just wore shoes. I probably didn't have boots, but um, I don't remember for sure. But I'm again, hard to create wrestling boots, you know, well, for a costume. And you grew up in the Midwest like me. So like Halloween isn't the warmest, like time. of. That's year. why I had all that cotton stuff in the muscle suit. So yeah. wearing that thing, like I was warm, I was good. Okay, good. <laughs> Glad, glad, yeah. glad to hear that. Yeah, because if I would have just walked around without my shirt on or something, that would have been, I could have gotten pneumonia or something. That'd be bad. Um, and nobody wanted to see 10-year-old Jim running around without a shirt on. Nobody wants to see 43-year-old Jim doing that either. But that's another story. Um, also for the Patreon. Also for the Patreon. That's right. You know, YouTube and uh, and and all our podcast platforms have, uh, have rules. So we have to pay attention and, and behave. Yeah. Totally, totally out of left field. Uh, and I know this won't be the case, but I know it'll land with you and you'll laugh. And so whoever was, whoever's listening, hopefully will laugh too. That actually opens up a new door, not Patreon, but that becomes the Two Spot Monkeys only fans. That's right. Yes. Two Spot Monkeys after dark. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Talk about the dark side of the ring. Yeah. The dark side of the monkeys. Um, there's our, there's our, man, I can see a logo coming together and everything. It's a parody, you know, so we can use it. It's okay. Oh, uh, this has gone off the rails in the last five minutes, folks. But uh, it, hey, wouldn't, it wouldn't be us without that. I was going to say, you were probably waiting for it. You knew it was coming. So uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, I don't know. We haven't looked at our schedule yet, but the plan will be to be back next week. Uh, will next week be when we have to make? Uh, no. No, it'll be another week yet. Yep. Another week yep. yet before yep. we have to make full gear picks. Um, I, for some reason, I keep thinking it's the first weekend, not the second weekend. Or it originally was the first weekend, wasn't it? This is the pay-per-view that got moved. Um, because of a UFC show. Yes, it was in St. Louis next weekend, and then it got moved to Minneapolis. Um, so that's why. It's Tony Khan's fault, not mine. Um, so, But uh, two weeks we'll be making full gear picks. So next week, who knows what we'll be talking about. Maybe more Maybe more will come out about the Ring of Honor story, and we can chat more about that. Um, we'll probably talk NXT Halloween Havoc and update tournaments and, and have some fun with other things. There are also uh, some Mattel reveals that happened both on Thursday, and there are more coming today on Friday. Um, so Tom and I off air talked a little bit about one of the reveals, 
Uh, but maybe we'll talk a little more about that next week once we have the full set of what uh, is being revealed. Um, I will say on the figure front, uh, those WWE superstar figures, kind of the Remco style that are replacing the Masters of the Universe um, that they released or they revealed back at Comic-Con, they had a pre-order up for them. And of course, that first series was Hogan, Honky Tonk Man, Bray Wyatt, and Ric Flair. So two of those four don't work there anymore or don't have contacts anymore, we don't think, with WWE. Uh, they put up everybody except Bray for pre-order, but they're 20 bucks a piece. Wow. And I'm like, ooh, if I'm going to pay 20 bucks, I'd rather pay 21 or 22 for an elite. Um, so I'm probably going to be out on that line again, unless they release a Ricky Steamboat. And we all know what happens when they release a Ricky Steamboat. Jim buys Ricky Steamboat, um, which is the one figure we talked about before. But maybe we'll save that for next week um, for more conversation around that. So, Tom, anything else before we wrap her up today? The last thing I have to say is go blue. And on Wisconsin. So, uh, and go Bears, although, man, that's getting, I mean, at least we've won some games this year, but we'll just leave that alone. Uh, with that said, we will wrap it up this week. Everybody, be safe out there. Have a great week, and come on back next week. Check us out again here at Two Spot Monkeys Live. We'll talk to you then.